Welcome to IAQ Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. Yes, the rules have changed. have changed good day wherever you're listening from and welcome to indoor air quality radio iaq radio on friday june 8th 2007 my name is joe hughes or radio joe here with me in the studio is my co-host the z-man cliff slotnick good afternoon joe good afternoon cliff and cyber jockey cj zach slotnick hola como estas at the controls thank you (laughs) cj you can contact us at uh, joe.hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, at iaqtraining.com or go to the new www.iaqradio.com website. Today's segments will include the microband trivia quiz, Phil McLaughlin and Stephen Lavelle on insider secrets for a successful restoration business, their new book, Bill Yobe of Yobe & Associates and Priority One Mitigation. We got a star-studded uh, event today, and we'll come back on with a little roundtable at the end of the show. First, I'd like to thank today's sponsors. I'll turn it over to CJ to do the honors. Thank you, Joe. We'd like to thank our sponsors. First of all, Microband Systems, a microbial management company. You can find them find them on the web at microbandsystems.com. Indoor Environment Connections, a newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. We'd also like to thank Dry Ease Products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. Dry Ease is first in drying solutions. You can find them at dri-eaz.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at jondon.com. Now, to contact the show, you can contact us live by phone or text message. Simply go to www.talkshoe.com and follow the instructions to get your PIN number. Our show ID is 1547. We also appreciate suggestions or will answer questions. Take requests if you email us at joe.hughes, at iaqtraining.com or post questions on our forums at forums.ieqradio.com. Last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. Now I'm going to turn it over to Cliff for the microband trivia question. Thanks, Zach. Congratulations to Darren Adim of Washington State for answering the trivia question from May 25, 2007. Uh, the correct answer was William Clement Stone. Unfortunately, there were no correct answers to last week's trivia question. The trivia question for 
Friday, June 8th, 2007. Zach, the envelope, please. The microband trivia question for Friday, June 8th, 2007 is to connect the dots between one of each of these categories to solve the puzzle. What does one of these even numbers, 26, 260, 2600, or 26,000, have in common with the name of a popular rental car company, Avis, Hertz, Budget, or National, have to do with the name of a city in Utah, Salt Lake, Draper, Provo, or Park City, have to do with the rank of a naval officer, ensign, admiral, captain, or lieutenant commander, have to do with the sound made by a cereal, snap, crackle, pop, or crunch, have to do with an item which makes sounds, bell, whistle, drum, or cymbal. Back to you, Joe. Oh, I don't know where you come up with these from, Cliff. Uh, I know, I know the answer to that one, and I think any cyber jockey worth his salt should know that one. Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Go to uh, iaqradio.com. Forums.iaqradio.com. Forums. Okay. And answer the question. The thread has now been unlocked. So first come, first serve. Very good. I'm going to turn it back over to Cliff after our intro music here to uh, to. Uh, Talk about our first guest. There was a great uproar for the great author. They celebrated all night. Because when it comes to writing, he sure got it right. There was a great uproar for the great author. They celebrated all night. Because when it comes to writing, he sure got it right. Well, good afternoon. We have two guests this afternoon, Phil McLaughlin and Stephen A. Lavelle. Uh, Phil McLaughlin is Tampa-based certified restorer, industry consultant, and business development specialist. Phil was the founder and president of Skyliner Restoration Services, which was based in Long Island, New York, metropolitan area. Phil built this company, Skyliner, into the, one of the largest full-service disaster restoration firms in the Northeast region. Phil had humble beginnings. He started his business out of the passenger seat of a 65 Volkswagen Bug with a mop, bucket, and floor waxing machine, going house to house, waxing housewives' kitchen floors for $2.50 each, and working his way up until he made $300,000 $300, in one restoration job. Today, Phil is one of the most sought-after consultants in the restoration industry. He works with beginners and well-established firms alike. Recently, Phil completed co-authorship of the industry's newest book, Insider Secrets for a Successful Restoration Business, for which he got 38 of his friends, who are also some of the most influential and knowledgeable men and women in the restoration business in the United States, Canada, and Australia to participate. Phil co-wrote the book with a fellow by the name of Stephen A. Lavelle. Stephen Lavelle is a consultant and instructor of persuasion techniques. He holds three accredited degrees and a teaching credential. His courses have been attended by over 10,000 professionals, both in the business and the counseling and therapy arenas. He has appeared on dozens of radio and television shows, including Connie Chung's Eye to Eye, The Joan Rivers Show. 
Over 250,000 of his tapes, CDs, and videos have been sold nationwide. In a few weeks, his new book, Persuasion Master, 101 Ways to Get People to Do What You Want Them To, will be on the market, and most recently, he acted as editor for the new book, Insider Secrets for a Successful Restoration Business, that we're going to be discussing today. Welcome, gentlemen. I need a little help on the unmute button there. There we go. Okay. Now we're back. Phil, Stephen? Yes, we're here. Yes, we're here. All right, gentlemen. We we understand you just put together a new book, Insider Secrets for Successful Restoration Business. Uh, Phil, how did the book come about? Uh, Well, last year we uh, had a a non-eventful hurricane season. I, quite frankly, had a little bit of time on my hands. And uh, uh, a a number of people uh, in the industry uh, suggested that... uh, uh, with my various, uh, you know, 35 plus years in the industry, and with the people that I know, that we, uh, that there was a void that this type of a book would be of interest to the industry. So uh, we started working on it, and it's, it took about a year, but uh, it finally came to fruition. And basically, I have the contacts of people around the country, and uh, I guess in Australia, New Zealand, and Britain that uh, were my authors. And then Steve has the strength of being a professional writer and a business coach and between his skills and computer skills and mine we put the product together and it's so far it's been pretty successful okay. I, you kind of answered the second question but maybe Stephen, you could add a little bit to it what was your your part in this project well there were actually three or four things but the biggest thing was i could as editor i got to meet each of these authors in turn as they wrote up their articles many of them as you know are, are professional uh, disaster restoration people but they're not writers so as uh, and I've written a few books and gotten them published over the years, so I was able to at least put a coherent sentence together. And as these guys uh, started sending me their ideas, I began to sort of uh, cross-reference, correlate the different things they were saying, and I got more and more excited about the possibilities of, of from their articles. And I take their stuff, whip it together, and put it into a coherent whole. And now we've got, as you know, 38 terrific stories in this one book. So, what would you want a reader of Insider Secrets uh, to get out of the book? You want to feel that one? Um, Tom, why don't you okay. them? He looked excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, what, I, I would say this. The, the book originally was written for uh, people that are just entering the industry. That's how we started off. The brand new, just getting started. What do we tell them to help them uh, make a success in the restoration industry? But as time progressed, we got bigger and, and better writers and more um, influential people until finally became uh, like a, a, a primer. Uh, not just for beginners, but for pros as well. So what I'd like them to walk away with is if they got one good idea, just one, one idea to help them make or save money this year, uh, that would be what I want for them. But actually the book has so many ideas that I would say anybody walks away with less than a dozen or, or two dozen uh, hasn't read the book. Phil, what, what would be your favorite story from the book? Well, uh, there are a number of favorite stories. Uh, you know, the book, uh, we initially envisioned the book to be 100 pages. As you may know, it developed into over 300 and some odd pages, and so there are uh, a number of good chapters. Uh, Michael Riley's is probably one of my favorites. Um, uh, Jim McDilder out in uh, Redding, California is also another favorite. But quite frankly, the, the chapter that I wrote I thought was pretty comical, and, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I enjoyed sharing it. And uh, the, the one story in particular about uh, playing Santa Claus for, the, uh, for an insurance organization and back in the day, a hundred pounds ago, I forgot, you know, you need, when you dress up as Santa Claus, you need a pillow uh, for the belly. Of course, now most people who know me know I don't need pillows, but uh, <laughs> I went out and bought uh, one of these uh, inexpensive 
$29 costumes and got up on a stage in front of 150 members of the Long Island Insurance Women's Association and uh, realized I didn't have a pillow, so I took off my suit jacket back in the day when they were not casual Fridays. We all wore suits and ties as restoration people and stuffed the suit. And uh, lo and behold, as I'm up on the stage doing my Santa Claus routine for 150 women, the belt buckle broke and out comes the, the shirt <laughs> and the pants like that's I, I ho ho hoed myself off the stage uh, <laughs> but subsequently uh, went out and bought a $500 I could be in the Macy's parade at Thanksgiving with the with the costume I have now that will never happen again but as a result of that these women were literally they talk about how men are in, at a gentleman's club but you want to see 150 women standing on their chairs thinking that I was there as a male stripper, which I wasn't. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, the strength of that story, what he didn't tell you is that a lot of the women there were adjusters, and so he was making friends not with just a bunch of women. He was making friends with people that could actually bring him business. And, and so he became real popular in, in many ways because of that one incident. Yeah, I'll call you Santa Claus from now on. Stephen, as an outsider of the restoration industry, what was your far favorite part in putting the book together? Getting to meet the, the 38 authors. As, as they began to send in their various pieces and I got to reading them, I got to see the different personalities of them. And, and so many um, extraordinary and caring and giving people. I had not anticipated that. I thought this was hardcore business. But uh, as they began writing about the, the generosity and the giving and the caring about their clients and so forth, I began to see something of, of real value there. I, and again, I had not anticipated that. So that my favorite part was uh, getting to know these extraordinary and, and, and very influential people in, in a way that I think that most people never get to see them. Either one of you can pick up on this, but the, the question would be, what are the most important lessons to be learned from your book? Well, I think that the, the the fact that the industry is changing as fast as it is. I mean, back in the late 60s, early 70s, pre-computer, pre-Xactimate, when we used Service Master wall charts to figure out that a room was 8 by 10 with an 8-foot ceiling, to fill, and, and we all did this, and we used uh, cock, uh, carbon paper, and if we made mistakes, we had to retype documents. It wasn't everything, wasn't in Word, where you could just uh, spell check and there were no fax machines, there were no computers, there were no cell phones. The, you know, the industry has just changed, and, uh, and now, uh, with all the state-of-the-art technology that we have available, the, the sign on my building in New York used to say, Skyliner Restoration Services, Insurance Industry, Restorers, Cleaners, and Appraisers. And the reality is, if I were to reopen the company today, I couldn't put that on the outside of my building, because... I am no longer an insurance industry. The insurance industry has changed our industry uh, so rapidly over the past couple of years with all these vendor programs and uh, the whole philosophy of, uh, of, of the pricing and where now many of the, the progressive firms in the industry are been forced, uh, if they want to continue to do business, to actually go after uh, the end users through emergency response agreements, pre-incident plans, uh, work some, somewhat on the other side of the industry, with what they used to refer to as the dark side with the public adjusters. Uh, the, the industry has just completely changed, and that's probably, even though I was aware of it by, by getting these submissions from various authors from all over the world, we, it really came like a hammer right into my forehead that we're in a different business than what we were in years ago. I mean, uh, just a it's almost as different a business as landscaping and pest control compared to 
the old days when it was all whining and dining and golf and schmearing and schmoozing and whining and just and it was a fun business. Today, we try to still have fun, and I'm not going to say we don't have fun, but it's not like the old days. I mean, we had a lot, a lot of fun. It's become a very impersonal business. Most businesses are based on relationships, and uh, a lot of that's been uh, because of the computer and downloading. A lot of that's uh, just changed. It's uh, You're frowned upon to take an adjuster out for lunch. Sometimes if you do, if you get him to go, uh, he'll want to pay. Uh, just the, the whole... And then, of course, coming from the New York market where, you know, back in the day, I'm not, I'm not saying it goes on anymore, but back in the day, if you didn't uh, pay, you didn't play. I mean, it was a very, kind of a corrupt, uh, crooked business, but, uh, you know, that seems to have been cleaned up substantially. around. That didn't take place all over the country, but it took place, from what I understand, certainly in New York, but in Detroit and some of your, you know, your, your major cities, Chicago, et cetera. Well, but actually, in the book, there are several chapters. In fact, that's a common theme, how to deal with adjusters. And several chapters talk specifically about that. It doesn't talk about uh, what he was just mentioning, you know, paying people off and that sort of thing. It, it actually talks about hardcore, real technology, techniques, for sharing your skills with an adjuster and getting them to like you, to want to work with you, and, and like four or five different ways of uh, penetrating that market, of getting to those people and getting them to hire you. I'm curious what... I would also say that today when I'm just sitting by the phone waiting for an adjuster to call, uh, I'm in Tampa right now, but I was uh, down in Miami last night at a disaster uh, preparedness uh, summit that was put on by, uh, hosted by a Paramount uh, restoration of the Los Angeles-based firm, and they're basically going up touring the country uh, doing these disaster preparedness summits that are post-9-11 based on all these business continuity where the... the uh, the, the building owner, the property manager, the, they're, they're pre-appointing uh, a restoration contractor of record so that when the, the loss happens, they're not calling the agent who calls the adjuster, who calls the, the company, the claims department. You don't wait three days to get an adjuster. You basically have, and then a lot of these major corporations have large million-dollar deductibles, $3 million, $5 million. They're on the hook for the emergency service anyway, so they're just going ahead and calling in a restoration contract and not just waiting for you know, the insurance companies. What was the reaction from the industry about publishing this valuable, valuable insider information? I mean, there are a lot of trade secrets in here. I mean, did, did people get mad at you for doing this? Well, initially, actually, that was the, uh, that was the, uh, the comments that were coming to me initially, like, you know, don't we have enough of guys in this industry? Why are you put, putting all this information out? Uh, but the reality is, beyond my wildest expectations, some of the, I mean, major players, and uh, you know, you can read the who's who of the roster or who's in this book. Uh, a lot of guys just felt that it would add to the professionalism of the industry if uh, if they pointed some of the um, uh, legitimate ways to to do business uh, in the 21st century. I mean, it's just a, such a different business, and uh, people submitted articles that went on. You know, some some of these guys we had to cut their articles back. They went on. To, you thought they were writing their own books. They went and put, you know, for 20, 25 pages. Uh, so there's a lot of very, very valuable information. Aside from the information that's in there, because this is an e-book, uh, at the end of the book, I think we give away 11 or 12 bonuses, and mo- the, some of the bonuses are from companies such as uh, Business Networks. If you buy the book, uh, Les Cunningham will give you a $500 discount towards joining Business Networks. Or with Business Mentors, if you bought the book, 
one of the bonuses, you get uh, a $495 credit towards the ELC online training program. And then, of course, you can, uh, for the people who buy the book, they get a free half-hour telephone consultation with myself or three or four other industry experts for free, which each one of those phone calls is worth $125. So the reality is the purchases of the book, if they, if they utilize the bonuses, uh, can probably uh, pay for the cost of the book and get back probably over $2,000 in, uh, in bonuses. So it's, a, it's a really a tremendous opportunity all the way around. The knowledge, the bonuses, uh, the fact that it's a state-of-the-art information and these are uh, it's information that generally you just wouldn't get. Uh, people don't share this information, and it's only because I guess I'm not because I'm so smart, but I've been in this industry for so long that when I had uh, you know friends and relationships that I've built over the years, never building these relationships and making these friends for the purpose of calling on them down the road to write a, to, to contribute to my book, uh, they all you know were very genuinely uh, helpful in participating and contributing and the end result uh, kind, of, kind of speaks for itself you know i wanted to add my endorsement to it so i've got something i'd like to read to you it's dated june 8th 2007 and this is to messrs uh, phil mclaughlin and stephen lavelle what i liked about the book is it's well-rounded people enter the restoration remediation field with different sets of skills most business books are geared at improving only one skill set Everyone who purchases your book will at minimum learn something worthy of the cost of the book. And for others, what they will learn will make a profound difference, both in their lives and in their business. Cliff Slotnick, president, Unsmoke Microband Systems, a co-creator and co-host of IAQ Radio. So it's a good book, and we would recommend it. Well, thanks for that, Thank Cliff. You much, and you're welcome. Gentlemen, did the same marketing, obviously... I guess I'm answering my own question, but you could tell me, maybe go into a little more detail. The same marketing methods that were successful in New York City, um, let's take it to today. Are they still, do they work well in other parts of the country, or do you have to tailor your marketing to the part of the country you're in? I don't think it, uh, it really does. I, in my view, I don't think it really has too much to do whether you're in here. At, uh, I'm now down in Tampa, and I come. I, my whole business career was in New York but I consult with people and have friends uh, on the West Coast in California. My son works in the Belfort office in Las Vegas. The industry has changed. It's not so much based on the uh, on the, on the uh, regional area where you're from. I mean, just the whole insurance industry, the marketing is completely different. It's just a, um, it, it's a, it, we're in a different business, and I don't think it has so much more to do with the, the fact that you're from New York or they do things different in Chicago. I think uh, State Farm, with their PSP program, is the same program whether you're in Seattle or San Diego or Chicago or, or Maine or Miami, PSP, State Farm. And that's as much as I'll say about the State Farm program that I can't stand. I can answer a little bit, too. There's Please. a story in the book by Jim, Jim McDilda, uh, and Jim is an old friend. Of, all the authors are friends of Phil's, by the way. That's how he got the book written. He called all his friends and said, uh, you guys are now top in the industry, uh, tell me something good. Well, but Jim went out, he was a New York boy, and he went out to California to make his fortune. He had all these promises, people were going to pay him money and things, and the whole thing fell apart. And he walks into this bank to try and get a loan, and he walked in being New, all New Yorkish, uh, and uh, he, there's a guy at the bank with a, a, a cowboy belt buckle and a, and a Stetson on the back of his head. He says, okay, I guess today is not the day I'm going to get this loan. But he, what he did was he, he stayed with it. it. Persistence in any part of the country 
is going to make a difference. And so he, he stuck with it uh, and kept going back and back and back again. And, and as he did, he started doing good work in the community. And pretty soon, the same techniques that he used in New York, the same kind of relationships things that, that Phil relies on so heavily to make his business success, work for Jim McDilda. And Jim is now a multimillionaire out in California, although he's very New York. You know, so, his, so the answer, his, his chapter was really one of the ones that I liked uh, the best, uh, just you know, telling the story about his relationship with Phil and you know, moving out there with all these promises of payment that never came and the struggle. That, very, very well done. Phil, you mentioned uh, PSP, and I get in a little trouble from the acronym police from time to time if I mention that. Could you uh, just tell us what the PSP stands for? It's, uh, I don't know exactly what it stands for. But I'm sure many of the that's how far away and removed and aloof I am from even thinking about participating in a program like that. But uh, many of the people that it, it's a preferred contractor program, like a preferred exactly service provider or something like that. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. Now, are you familiar with the changes in the Colorado regulation? I guess they just um, had a, a ruling of some type that uh, somehow strikes that down preferred service provider we just got a uh, uh text message in that's a preferred service provider do you think that's yeah, well, I've, the... been, I've been following the press releases on, on that whole thing since it's it started a few years ago and it seems like uh it's a positive step i mean I, as far as i'm concerned i'd like to see all these uh, vendor programs go out the window and people be uh the the public or the end user or the property owner selecting a restoration contractor based on their capabilities and their experience and their reputation and fair pricing, uh, not so much that an insurance carrier is ramming a contractor down your throat. Okay. Well, that's appreciated. Uh, yeah, right, Cliff? My, my observation is that people in the restoration field are often more interested in technical stuff and rather resistant to business stuff. Uh, you know, would you agree or, or disagree? I'd say that actually the, anybody who's out there trying to make money is a salesman. They can't help it. There's nothing they can do about it. Uh, they don't like it. But, but restoration guys, as you say, are nuts and bolts guys. They, they want to know how do I do this, what do I do next, and, and get past the uh, having to figure out how to schmooze or how to persuade or how to get somebody to, to give them a contract. The problem is if they don't get the contract, they don't get to work. So they have to know both. But you know what? Everybody sells. You, you know, when you, work, when you talk to your wife, you say, well, let's go to dinner at such and such a place. She says, well, I'd rather go to someplace else. And then you have to persuade her. Uh, a big contract is sitting on a table, and there's three other guys uh, getting the same contract, trying for the same. You've got to be able to sell as well. So what I did, and when I, I, I did several little uh, chapters in the book of uh, simple nuts and bolts techniques, like how to close a sale or uh, how to um, uh, market your skills, how to get a person interested in buying from you, or how to... Um, uh, psychologically uh, get them to turn around from, uh, if they had a bad experience with another guy that was in your same field, and you, you walk in, they see you as being the same guy. Even though you're totally different, you have totally different values, uh, you have to persuade them that you're a better man, that you're going to do a better job for them, or a better woman. They're actually, a lot of uh, very influential and powerful women in the field as well, and women have the same challenge. So they walk in and they say, well, isn't restoration that for, isn't that for guys? I, don't, don't, I can't really see a woman being in charge of this. So she's got even more challenges. So everybody has to persuade. Everybody has to convince and, and get people swayed to their side of the table. And, and so we have uh, quite a few of those kinds of things in the book as well. You know, the, market the, restoration, the restoration industry really has been an evolution from 
uh, the cleaning, carpet cleaning business into water damage or from the guys who were uh, remodelers and either the remodelers with construction backgrounds came into restoration or cleaners uh, came into restoration. And a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, one of the biggest problems, is, as I see it, is that these guys who are very operational or very technical, they feel that if they load their warehouse up with all these blowers, dryers, dehumidifiers, one has more BTUs, one has more CFMs. I, t I talk to these guys, they put me to sleep with how many BTUs and CFMs. The reality is uh, machines don't clean buildings, people clean buildings, and, and this is... Uh, this business is not unlike any other business. There's a management aspect to this business. There's a financial accounting aspect to this business. There's a marketing as aspect, aspect to this business. And if you don't have, a lot of guys are technical, they don't have the man the marketing, or the marketing guys don't have the technical. Well, to be successful in this, you need all those components like in any other business. And if you don't have those abilities yourself, you certainly need to hire them and have them on board to make, the, to make this thing successful. Phil, you've been around a long time. I'm just wondering if there's one person in the restoration industry that's really made a difference in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, who that would be. Well, there are probably two. Uh, uh, my mentor, when I when I started in this business back in the late 60s and 70s, was uh, a fellow named Matt Gersh out of New York who uh, literally uh, was an immigrant and sold pots and pans and, and dishes door to door and uh, got into the restoration business certainly one of the original pioneers in the business and became uh, Bloomingdale's department store had a restoration uh, division back in the day and he was Mr. Bloomingdale's but uh, so he was my mentor he was the guy who I looked up to and who I got advice from but later on in my career I have to say whether you like him whether you love him or you hate him but the probably the, the guy who's made the biggest impact and taken me from being a um, a local restoration guide to a large loss national restoration contractor would be uh, Mike O'Reilly out of Trade Winds in New York. Uh, he's got a lot of insight into this industry, into the trends. Actually, he's ahead of the curve with many things, but uh, he's a controversial guy, and uh, I've known him most of my life, but uh, you love me, you hate him, and, but uh, you got to give credit where credit is, too. Yeah, so, we like him a lot. We yeah, had him on the show. Yeah, we'd like to have him back again. That show was a little, uh, the recording wasn't as good as we would like, but he was tremendous, and uh, he draws a big crowd, as it appears you guys are as well. As well. Um, what was the biggest or most embarrassing mistake, if you can tell us, uh, that you've made over the years, Phil? Well, listen, sometimes you have to go by your gut, and when your gut tells you to walk away from a loss, you got to walk away. And very often we need the sales. We're driven with bills, and we need to do volume. Uh, I can remember walking into an insurance house, and this is when I was out in the field doing the actual estimates. And I, you know, I get out of my car, I walk up the driveway, and knock on the door, and the woman answers the door, and she had an oil burner puffback, a soot residue throughout her home. And uh, she she opens the door, and I, I look at her, and she's wearing a, a army surplus gas mask. And when I when I saw this woman. I knew that I was in for trouble. This woman, <laughs> and 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 I blame this back on Governor Rockefeller when they closed down a lot of the mental hospitals in New York and they put people out on medication. <laughs> One out of ten of these customers we have are not going to let you make money. They're just completely whacked, and uh, that, that's why I don't do residential work anymore. I just can't deal with the gas masks and all these other, you know, all these type of people. But they, I would, they, I guess the, the the point I'm trying to make is go with your gut. If you see that they're asking questions that are unreasonable, you know, you got to learn how to walk away. 
Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes the best job you got was the job you never got. Uh, is there anything that you, either of you gentlemen, feel we missed in the interview, a question that we should have asked you? Well, I think, you know, as, as far as another another very important thing, uh, you know, for, for a restoration company to do uh, so that you're, you're not completely slaughtered or victimized by the insurance industry is to document, 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 document. These, uh, I see that a lot of guys leave themselves wide open by not taking, you know, good before and after pictures, good moisture readings. Uh, but this technology available today, I see this new company came out, uh, Craig Thillman, who's not new, but uh, Moisture Mappers. I mean, the technology is available so that you can justify your price and not get slaughtered. But if you don't give the adjuster enough of ammunition, you're leaving yourselves wide open to uh, for these massive cuts and things like that. And if it goes to court, again, the documentation is a, is a very key thing that a lot of guys overlook in this, in this business. We might want to quickly mention that we did have uh, Craig on and uh, on an earlier episode, so anybody that would like to hear more about the Moisture Mappers program can go back to that episode and listen in. Where can people buy your book at, gentlemen? I'll let, I'll let Steve talk. <laughs> okay. Well, the book is available at www.therestorationmaster.com. TheRestorationMaster.com. Okay, and maybe. We have quite a, we have, oh, I'm sorry. We're hoping maybe we can. <laughs> maybe we can get a link up on the, our the site too. All right, the book currently is an ebook, uh, but the book is uh, we're in the process right now of adding a shopping cart page onto the uh, website, and uh, for an additional thirty dollars, we will we will have the book printed bound and ship to your office so that you don't have to download 350 pages and go through your ink cartridges, et cetera. We've found in this past three months that since we've been selling the book that a lot of guys are reluctant to to print such a large book. So uh, we'll at least have that option available to guys who don't mind printing it or reading it online. Of course, you can buy it for the $197, but for an additional $30, uh, probably within the next two weeks it will be available as a printed book as well. Phil, what is your contact information should our listeners wish to get in touch with you personally? How do they do that? All right. Well, my I have two email addresses, but for uh, for speed and clarity right now, the easiest way to get me on my, on my email is restorationconsultant at yahoo.com. So restorationconsultant, singular, at yahoo.com. And my, uh, my cell phone number, which is still a New York exchange, is 516-263. Nine three two six. Thanks for. What about you, Stephen? Can you give us some contact information as well, and uh, information on how we can get your new book that's coming out? Uh, the the quickest, easiest way to find me for almost anything at this point, because I'm so involved with the book, is restorationbook at aol.com. Perfect. Restorationbook at aol.com. Gentlemen, can you hang on for just a minute? I want to. Uh, we, we, we're going to take a quick break here, then we're going to bring on uh, Bill Yobe, our second guest, which ties in perfectly with what we've been discussing here. And then at the end, we'd like to uh, bring you all back in for the uh, square table or round table, whatever we want to call it here. But uh, before we do, let me take a quick uh, shot at a couple of people here. I want to see if number one, uh, Steve Sowers out there. Steve, are you available? 
Hello. Hello, Steve. Hey. Just, hey, Joe. How's it going? Good, thanks. Just checking to make sure that uh, you were on the line there and also wanted to see if you had anything you wanted to ask real quick. Uh, no, no question. Great. Well, we'll bring you back in at the end, um, and we'll get the roundtable going. And then uh, between now and then, I'm sure the IE Connections uh, scoop will, will come up with something here. Let me check on another listener here real quick. Uh, this is IAQ Paul. Hello, Paul. Oh, we lost Paul. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll come back to him. All right. Real quick, let me just uh, quickly have uh, a review of our sponsors here. If I can find my list, I believe I gave it to CJ earlier. Here we go, CJ. Today's sponsors include Microband Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com. And Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry, subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. Dry Ease Products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. Dry Ease is first in drying solutions at dri-eaz.com. And John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at Don. Dot com. I believe we've got a little intro music for our next guest here. Thank you, CJ. Mr. William Yobe is experienced as 26 years of an emergency response, disaster recovery, reconstruction, and remediation of industrial, institutional, commercial facilities. That includes appraisals, reinspections, cause and origin, estimating, and project management on projects ranging from just a couple thousand dollars up to $7 million for fire, smoke, flood, storm, and explosion perils. Bill's reconstruction experience includes the project management of interior electrical and mechanical systems. He is a numerous times published author, a speaker at numerous industry events, including PLRB, and uh, oh, there we go. The acronym police got me there. Cliff, help me out. PLRB. Property Loss Research Bureau. Thank you, sir. He has also been doing emergency response and disaster recovery, as we said, for those 26 years. And Bill has extensive hands-on in disaster recovery mitigation experience throughout the United States and the Caribbean we're going to bring him on right now if I hit the right button. Hello, Mr. Bill Yobe. Are you available? I am here. All good right. Afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got some of the uh, gurus in the restoration business on with us here today. I'm going to uh, first ask a little bit about your company here. Um, Bill Yobe, William Yobe and Associates, but then we've got the Priority One Mitigation name. Bill, where did that come from? Oh, back in the mid-90s, uh, when Allstate rolled out their quality vendor program, we were going to put an online uh, 
blog or information website where the contractor is to post their information and communicate with the with the homeowner and the adjuster, but uh, Allstate decided to banish the project and uh, outsourced it. I see. Uh, so that, that's where that's how it came about. You know, I I've known you for a while, and I got a chance last night to uh, cruise through your website, and it was just filled with information I wasn't aware of, and a lot of it free, obviously, information, which I you know, commend you for. I was also unaware of the fact that you keep track of these publicly traded companies and uh, post their news releases, etc., on your uh, website. First, can you tell people what the website is and then give us a little more information on uh, why you do that? Uh, the website is p1m.com, and that's the numeral one. And uh, about the public companies, during last year's slow period, I put a correlation between uh, insurance companies and the contractors that service it, and noticed a big swing on the charts. Uh, how the insurance companies go down, and the restoration companies and the offshore service companies go way up, and there's a couple arbitration, arbitrage, excuse me, uh, that happened. It's, it's pretty historical, too, goes back to 2003. Interesting. Um, what does the, is this what the, P1MX CAT index. Can you explain a little more about that? Uh, well, the P1M, I used uh, that acronym considering uh, the financial industry uh, coined the phrase loss mitigation before the insurance industry did, uh, the Federal Reserve did for the banks. Added the X for uh, exchange, that's universal for exchanges, and of course CAT is catastrophe. Gotcha. What, are you, what are your goals and aspirations for this program, Bill? Uh, to roll out some uh, options, ETFs, and possibly a hedge fund. What's an ETF? Uh, exchange-traded funds. It's okay. a group of funds in a specific sector or overall, and it's traded like a single stock, but it contains a large group of stocks. <laughs> now... What experiences have led you to perceive the need for this? Oh, I've been trading stocks all my life. Uh, it's exciting business, um, especially like the uh, volatile stocks. Of course, the restoration industry has got the most volatile stocks I've ever seen. What about <laughs> the indices? Tell me a little bit about this group of indices that you put together. Okay, we're going to put four to seven of them together uh, based in sectors and offer those out to be traded. And the, like, you take all the insurance companies like AIG, uh, you look who the holders of their stocks are, it's pension plans and mutual funds and big banks, and they hold anywhere from a million to a $100 million worth of their stock. And when a hurricane comes, the value of those property and casualty stocks dive, and they just can't push a button and sell $100 million worth of stock. They do more damage than good, so... I mean, they can invest in these indices, you know, pick the ones they want, and uh, hedge against their losses temporarily. You know, when we first met, Bill, you had spent considerable time and effort and money. Uh, I, I would say that you were obsessed, uh, from my vantage point, developing standards and guidelines for the industry. You know, what prompted you to do this? Oh, when I entered, you're probably familiar with it, the old days, Cliff, 20 years ago, uh, and 
either rescuing a job or the adjuster in town question why you're doing what you're doing. So you know, coming from an electrical industrial background, we always had a building code to go by or set of standards. So I start correlating bearing building codes and standards to the restoration industry. We start tabulating a long list and uh, when I decided to write the book, it, it came fast because we already had it almost done. And you, you've kept this body of information, you've kept adding to it and updating it over the years? Uh, we updated it quite a bit in the beginning because uh, things changed fast and furious. And uh, you know, I sold, I don't know how many, uh, three, 400 books. And then I decided to put it online for free last year. And then uh, that's when we did the last update. And how has that gone for you? It's going. We get hits like you've never seen before. Uh, you know, anywhere from a thousand to four thousand hits a day on that website. Yeah, I find it fascinating. You were giving away a lot of uh, interesting and and useful information. Uh, I went through, for instance, the the health and safety section. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look at it real closely, but when was the last time that was updated? Is it fairly current? It, I, I'd say it is. Uh, when we uh, posted on the Internet, you know, we went through it briefly. did not change much. I mean, we deleted a few things, but that's, that's about it. I'd say it's current. I mean, it hasn't changed that much. Am I correct in my understanding that everything is free on P1M.com? 100% free. We don't charge a penny. What's the difference between, let's say, your section on uh, water damage and the IICRC's S-500 document on water damage? I have not spent much time reviewing the IICRC book. I looked at it last year while I was in Boston. Uh, stopped in a local distributor, and they had one on the counter. But uh, I, not much. Uh, they're a standard. I mean, we're strictly a guideline. So, I mean, they get to the point quick and soft, uh, furious. Well, I ramble on a little bit more about different details uh, where a standard doesn't do that. Are you still planning on adding the uh, mold and indoor air quality section as well? Yes. Uh, it's almost done. It's been done for a couple of years, but I've been burned out on mold from 2004, 2005, uh, working in Florida and Louisiana, that I, uh, if I don't see mold again for a while, I'll be happy. You know... The most interesting area of the website to me was the section on cost estimating and the information you give away on cost estimating. I know I'll be referring a lot of people to that section. Can you give us a little more detail on exactly how to use that, how to best use that section? Well, it, it, the reason I put that on there, uh, business interruption insurances, is king right now. It's, it can be as much as 60 to 70% of the cost of the overall claim. And it's how fast can you get that company back in business. So you need to know your hours, the labor hours required to do the project. So that way you can put all the hours in, say I'm going to need 10 people and i got this many hours, you divide it out, that'll tell you how many days, eight-hour work days you need to get the job done, or 10 hours, whatever you figure. So that way you get your project done quicker, and when you estimate a job, the idea is to beat your estimated hours. That's how you make money. Everybody benefits from it. What are the most popular 
estimating or project management tools on the site? Yes, I can. The labor unit hours are picking up fast and furious, but the paint coverage chart is amazing how many people uh, type into Google or Yahoo, you know, how far does a gallon of paint go? And we're number one. That's the popular site. The wallpaper one's popular. And there's six or seven of them that if you type into Google, we come up in the top page. You know, if I wanted to use your labor estimating guide, uh, what do I need to add on to that? I mean, what, what is included in there? The time, or do you have any of my hidden costs or my burden costs? How would I use that, Bill? Well, you, you, you tabulate your hours based on the square footage or square yard or whatever is next to the, uh, the discipline. But you got to add your payroll tax up, your 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 tradesperson's uh, hourly rate, you got to add your uh, insurance on that, benefits if they get benefits, and that gives you your hourly rate, you just have to multiply it out. Mm-hmm. Do most people actually add on all those things, or do they just take that labor rate and, and multiply it by 2 or, you know, 1.7 or 3 or, you know, pull some number out of the year? Well, anybody that pulls a number out of the air is crazy. I mean, I, I was raised in the electrical industry, which is probably the most detailed estimating ever done. I mean, they do a physical takeoff with a set of drawings. And we have, you know, you have spaces you add in all those burdens, uh, your costs. You never take anything for granted. That way you have a true cost, along with the true amount of hour, labor hours required to finish the job. You know, one of the things that, you know, as, as a restorer, we always needed to make our money in areas where the insurance company really didn't have such good information. Uh, what about demolition? And uh, what information on your site could help someone doing demolition? Oh, the material, uh, I think it's called materials weight uh, page. It gives you a basic listing of all the weight of every material that you would find when you're doing demolition. Uh, the labor units are based on material weight, the height of what you're working, as well as the uh, the bulkness of it. And uh, they can get an idea of what they're doing there. And if you need to eat a lot of dumpsters, you can weigh it out, figure out how many you need, put it right in your estimate. Uh, Bill, I guess I should have covered this earlier, but you use the terminology loss mitigation, and I'm I'm used to hearing restoration. What's what's the difference between the two? Uh, mitigation means to make less harmful, so we're going in to dry it so they have less stuff to uh, tear out, or you can save a hardwood floor. Uh, and the restoration is to uh, restore it to its pre-existing condition. That's how the word restoration came about. But mitigation is the most important phase, in my opinion. It's uh, determines the overall cost and uh, momentum of the project. I would think that would be a way to separate yourself from the competition as well, is to focus on mitigation versus restoration. Absolutely. I mean, usually one rolls into the other. Uh, but mitigation, that the first responders, you're generally the first one in, uh, you'll get the balance of the project unless you really screw it up or you don't do that type of work. You know, what advice would you give to either a business owner or a, or a homeowner that, that suffered a loss? We have a fair number of consumers that download our information. What tips could you give them? Number one, bask and 
check to make sure they have IICRC certified technicians. Um, you know, I travel the country. I already first thing I do when I get my hotel is I get out the yellow pages, tabulate how many fire and water restoration contractors are listed. Uh, you know, and I when I get home, I always tabulate the population and put it all together. It's it's scary out there how many contractors are offering services and don't have anybody certified on their payroll. And of course, I'm a big fan of the uh, ASCAR group, or RIA, it's called now, and my preferred vendors. That's what I recommend. Make sure they got the IICRC you know, logo on their, uh, on their mantle. You know, two other things I wanted to compliment you on was that you have a, a real nice glossary of terms and uh, acronyms, and we're big on acronyms here. As CJ catches me from time to time in an acronym, I get the siren, get a ticket. I noticed. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> they, uh, they were very, I think they would be very useful. Um, now the question becomes, can other people use those? Uh, I, I do courses. I'd like to put them in a, a course manual. What do we have to do? Write, write for your permission? Um, pay you a little bit? What's the, what do we no, have to do? Everything on here is free. Uh, if you go to the disclaimer page, it tells you you're allowed to uh, download and use whatever you want. Uh, you know, just give us some recognition on it. But, yeah, please use it as you wish. Great. Thanks for the compliment on that. The acronyms part is my favorite uh, section. I update it at least once a week. Which is why Google loves me. It's always my website's always changing. You know, my, my compliments to you. You have a very impressive list of links on there to government, uh, you know, different components of the government, association resources, and and publications. Wouldn't you think that some of these publications and organizations actually compete with what you're trying to do? Uh, I don't look at anybody's competition. The more information we can get, the better off we are. Uh, you know, everybody else charges. I put mine on for free, which came about when I was doing Katrina. Uh, homeowners always asking me, you know, if my contractor, are they doing this right? And I'm like, I got hotels and museums and stuff to do. I don't have time for this stuff. So that's why I published it for free. But I don't look at anybody as a competition, personally. Could you just give me, uh, uh, could you comment, please, on the safety and health section? That came from a lot of different publications, uh, meaning your industrial hygienist stuff. You know, I extracted different things related to our industry. But it's only two pages. It's uh, It hasn't changed that much. I mean, I recommend everybody go to OSHA and uh, follow that stuff more than anything. That's the most important. They're the ones that dish, 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 uh, dish out the fines. <laughs> probably, I'll probably give it a review here in the next week or two and uh, make sure it's up to date. Sounds like we had an OSHA violation here in the studio. Zach, you all right? Is that what that is? I said OSHA. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while. Occupational health and safety and all that stuff. Well, I'll tell you, I, I picked up a few great articles for, through the links. I, uh, I agree with Cliff. Actually, I found one that uh, I hadn't seen, and it's it's an older article from uh, a couple gentlemen did some work through EPA, but it was excellent on antimicrobials and some other issues. I, I encourage any listeners to go ahead and take a look at the site. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we go back to the roundtable, Bill? Not really. I just appreciate the opportunity, and uh, by the way, great show. I uh 
never really made it through a whole lunch until today. I always <laughs> go back and listen to them afterwards. Well, great. And uh, how would our listeners contact you? Uh, P1M at P1M.com. So that's P, the number one M at P number one M dot com. So P1M at P1M dot com. Okay. And uh, Bill, if you could stay on the line for a moment, we're going to try and bring our other two guests back on and let's see if we can get IEC news on here. Okay. Phil and Steve, are you on? Yes, we are. Yep. Great. Great. Uh, Mr. Sauer, are you available? Here too. All right, great. We've got the got the round table. We've still got a few minutes here. I was just curious if uh, Bill or anybody wanted to ask the other guests a question. Don't all jump. I've got a comment. Go ahead, please. I went to Bill Yobe's um, uh, site myself, and I, as you know, I'm a neophyte to the restoration industry. I'm a marketer and a salesman. But when I went in there, I was uh, being brand new. I learned all kinds of things. So if there's beginners out there that are listening to this show, I say go take a look at the stuff he's got. It's all free, and, and there's mountains of it. Yeah, I have to second that, Stephen. Uh, that it was excellent. I I didn't expect to spend uh, two and a half hours yesterday on the site, but I was doing. I was going to say not just people who are new, people who are old dogs like myself and Cliff. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of very valuable information on that site. But, I spent a few hours on it as well. Absolutely. And I actually use it as a weekly reference just to check in on, on different things. He's doing a great job. Well, thank you, John. Phil, what do you think? them hit. Keep coming back. Phil, <laughs> what do you think? Could you comment on, you know, Bill's idea of, you know, a hedge fund and, uh, you know, kind of following the stock market and how it relates to the restoration industry? Pretty interesting idea. Uh, that's really out of my uh, bailiwick of uh, expertise, so I'd prefer not not to make a comment. That uh, so you're not going to buy you're not going to buy those stocks, huh? Okay. All right. uh, no, well, uh, I tell you, there's a lot of interesting information. I, I don't want to start throwing stones around, but if people go into a site and read some of the information, uh, there's been some extremely extremely interesting, insightful information into a lot of these. I mean. We're living in the days of mergers and acquisitions with all the service master and uh, the fire lines and the home solutions. And I mean, it goes on and on and on with the beacon, with uh, uh, there's so many, so much going on that the information he has is really a, an eye opener uh, because there's a lot of fraudulent information going around uh, in these press releases that I've been saying. Yeah, I want to second that, Phil. I, you know, I like to pride myself on keeping up on what's happening. I'm not in the disaster restoration industry as much as the indoor air quality industry, but um, he's really been on top of this. And it's all, I guess, public information, isn't it, Bill? Yes, it is. I just uh, transferred over to my website into the uh, – so it's, it's, it's sectored out, so you don't have to search forever. Yeah, it's a, have it all in one place. A good place for uh, Mr. Sauer, uh, Steve. Have you ever visited the uh, P1M site? No, that's one that uh, hasn't been on the radar screen. Okay, we well, uh, somehow the uh, you know the press releases that y'all are talking about like have uh, missed my desk also. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, IE yeah. connections. We we've got a new resource for you there. Uh, you definitely want to check up on that, Steve. What's coming up uh, next month in IE connections? Anything of interest? Well, we, we were going to send out a reporter to uh, Los Angeles to cover the indoor air quality in Paris Hilton's jail cell. 
Hell, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he likes her, but that's all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that may not be a great interest to people anymore. Um, but uh, we do have a pretty cool editorial in there by one of our editorial advisory board members, uh, Dr. Richard Shaughnessy from University of Tulsa, and, uh, and also a guest of his, uh, Bradley Turk, who... Um, just did uh, some research, actually, along with uh, under contract with the EPA. So these these guys are two researchers with uh, you know EPA um, ties. And uh, Richard, if I could just quote from from their editorial, uh, there's a little thing in here that says, "As scientists, we are frustrated at not being able to keep up with the consumer's need for accurate information." and for not providing the scientific research basis for practitioners and industry to make sound decisions as to how to proceed. While there is always a healthy tension between research slash science that is driven by practice slash industry versus industry being driven by science, there has been a breakdown in our ability as scientists to render the practical aspects to industry to make sound decisions for the betterment of IAQ. I just thought that was a pretty uh, neat quote. That I would and share. I think it's appropriate for the discussion here today as well, and it's something that we here at IAQ Radio like to think we're trying to help with. We've had Richard Shaughnessy on. We've had Harriet Burge. We've had the guys like Phil here that are out in the field and uh, Mike O'Reilly and uh, some of the founders of the industry too with uh, John Donnies and the um, – uh, can't remember your friend oh, from Lloyd Weaver. Lloyd Weaver. Oh, yeah. yeah, so uh, it's yeah. great to be to have a place to bring those folks together. Let me just go back around the table real quick. And first of all, I want to thank both Phil and Steve, uh, Phil McLaughlin, Stephen Lavelle, for coming in and sharing a little bit about the insider secrets for a successful restoration business. Hopefully, we'll drive some more sales your way. Thank you, gentlemen. Anything you wanted to add? Well, there's one thing I'd just like to add, add in closing. Uh, my understanding now is a little uh, increased in that the the, re, the 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 listeners to your show are not just uh, restoration people or IAQ people, but involve uh, uh, property managers and the insurance companies and the general public as well. Uh, the book that we're that we're offering is really an industry or uh, specific book, so it's not something you'll find on Amazon.com. We pretty much uh, are marketing the book through uh, an e-book affiliate program through uh, Mike Hostow, through the Restoration Forum, through Clean Facts, through ICS, uh, through Business Networks, Business Mentors, ASCR. Uh, a number of, of industry organizations have, I wouldn't say endorsed the book, but are offering, including Bill Yobi on his website, you can purchase our book as well. So if you do, you can buy the book directly through Steve and I through the Restoration uh, master.com, but primarily we're marketing the book through affiliates, and we're also looking for additional affiliates of the other people who are on the on this call who might be interested in offering our book. I don't want to get into our whole financial arrangement, but basically they share in the revenues, and it could be a profitable uh, thing as well. So thank you very much for that. You're Good welcome. And we'd also like to thank Bill Yobe from William Yobe and Associates for joining us today as well. Yes, sir. Bill, anything you wanted to add before we go? Uh, yeah, I would get on my website, uh, the callers, and uh, check out the uh, financial stuff there, the, the P1MX cat uh, link. And if you got a nice firm, making a lot of profit, uh, might want to consider going public. Great. Interesting industry. 
Great comment. I noticed you've got uh, one of the big public restoration uh, contractors on your site too. We've had them on the At least PDG. Two of them. We've yeah, had them both on it. I think I think the other. I think Mike O'Reilly's firm's on there as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, uh, they're my favorites, both of them. Right. Uh, I'll be consoling PDG this year during the hurricanes again. So great. Can't wait for the hurricanes to hit. <laughs> well, I think I don't think you're alone. Well, some people were completely the opposite on that bill, but uh, I know a lot of industry people wouldn't mind having a few this year. But uh, anyhow, Tampa Bay underwater. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, thank you once again for joining us here on IAQ Radio. It's been another interesting week. We've had some great guests. I also want to thank my co-host, Cliff Slotnick, here. It's always a pleasure, Joe. And, of course, the cyber jockey, CJ. Thank you so much. De nada, amigo. All right. And uh, most importantly, we had a real nice list of uh, listeners on the line here today. We'd like to thank our growing group of loyal listeners. Please come back and join us again next Friday at noon for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. This has been another IAQ Radio production. 